This is Tani Talks Parsha, where we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. Unfortunately, we have moved away from one of my favorite characters in all of Tanakh, Avraham. We move on to his son, Yitzchak. And of course, we continue with the story, and we continue with the different elements and the different lessons we can do. This shear should be in the merit of the safe and healthy return of all of the captives, for the refuah shalem of all of the injured and sick, and for the safety, protection, and success of all the soldiers and our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael. So we move over, of course, to Yitzchak in the story. Yitzchak is oftentimes seen as the bridge, but of course, Yitzchak represents Gevorah. Yitzchak himself is a strong example of the person who is strong, strong enough to connect Avram to Yaakov, strong enough to keep the tradition alive. Yitzchak doesn't really get enough press, in my opinion. But, of course, we could talk about him a little bit. We see that Yitzchak was 40 years old when he took Rivka as a wife, and they weren't able to have children for quite a long time. And then the Davin and Baruch Hashem, it happens. For three years, from the binding of Yitzchak at age 37 to his marriage at age 40, Yitzchak was in the Garden of Eden, was in Gan Eden. The question would be, why? Why would he need to be in the Garden of Eden? As the Asura Ma'amora points out on Chabad.org, the Lubavitcherbi explains that marriage is a time of increased enmeshment in the material. It is a time when one begins to engage in the most physical of human drives. It is also a time when one is forced to begin and earnest the business of earning a livelihood, often at the expense of loftier and more idealistic pursuits. Thus the Zohar refers to marriage as a person's second birth. First, the soul enters into the body and assumes a physical existence. Then at a later point in life, it further descends into the physical state by marrying. Therein lies the lesson to be derived from the fact that prior to his marriage, prior to getting married, Yitzchak spent three years in the Garden of Eden and Gan Eden, abandoning the physical state for a holy spiritual existence. In order to ensure the success of the most physical phase of a person's life, it must be prefaced by a period of spiritual preparation. Although the primary objective of our mission in life is the development and sanctification of the physical world, one must enter that world well, equipped with the spiritual vision of the divine purpose and with the spiritual fortitude to carry it out. That in, <clears throat> that in and of itself is the struggle we have really every day, the struggle we have all the time to try to figure out how we can live in such a physical world, but how we could elevate it, how we could come to all the gashmis and figure out what to do with it. It's really about elevating the mundane, which we talk about oftentimes. On many of these shirim, we're supposed to take those physical things, those material aspects, and we're supposed to elevate them, we're supposed to uplift them. We're supposed to be those people that can take the sparks in these different material things and elevate them. We take the grape juice or the wine and we elevate it with a blessing, with a bracha. And we take the aspects of our life and we do what we can to try to elevate them. We try to uplift them. We try to take them to a higher purpose. We take the, the most beautiful, beautiful thing in life, the connection, the marriage, and make it into a beautiful, 
higher purpose. All these different things in life we're supposed to do. So we enter the workforce, but we're supposed to do what we can to make Mekadosh Shem Shemayim. You could be an OT like me, and it could seem mundane just working with kids on, on you know, different things. But we have the capability. We have the aspect that we're helping them. We look at it as a loftier goal. I enter the classroom. How can I help this, this kid? How can I help that kid? That kid's not on my case, but what can I do? I want to elevate this profession. I want to elevate this job to do what I can to raise the people up, to raise the kids up, to help them and to move them forward to do what we can to make them move forward to do what we can to make them be able to succeed do what we can to make a positive influence in this world i want to do what i can to take my talents and elevate them for the future for the thing if i want to take my voice and talk podcasts talk share and talk torah i want to take my thought of a kid's book and elevate it to the spiritual elevated for the jewish kids instead of just having stuff for not jewish kids moving forward with different things i want to take my music and elevate to spiritual existence but sometimes we have to be involved in the physical world and the spiritual world but sometimes we have to prepare ourselves it's no coincidence that before we really get into the nitty-gritty of how to decide what we want to do what we want to work what we want to proof seed with as a profession for an occupation for a job is almost always prefaced by lots of learning how many years of jewish day school and how many people go and study abroad in israel or studying yeshiva right before they start college how many people go for shana rishona shana shaniyam shana aleph shana bet how many people go some people stay gimel dal and why because that spiritual existence that beautiful spiritual cocoon that beautiful spiritual elevation and and enmeshment really helps lay the foundation for the future. If you don't have a solid basis, you're not going to be able to succeed later on. If you don't lay the spiritual foundation, you don't lay the spiritual blueprint of the bottom floor, you're not going to be able to build the top floors. And that's why Yitzhak himself went for three years to Ghanaian, and so afterwards he could start the holy marital relationship and figuring out how to provide for that marital relationship, digging wells and accumulating different things in his life so too if you want to know what your shabbos table is going to look like you got to work on it many years before somebody once came to a sage and said you know my wife is expecting when do we start the chenach process and he looks at them and he says you're too late it should have started when you were dating when you're engaged what your table is going to look like what you want your kids to look like what you want to raise them it starts from the beginning and really it starts for ourselves way back in in elementary and high school and in and studying in college for ourselves, and that's how you could look forward to how to raise kids as well. We have to start with spiritual bliss, spiritual wonderfulness. There's an ability and a freedom when we're studying before the the track of college before the track of grad school hits in when you really can just focus on yourself you don't have to worry when i was in israel the the biggest worry was what are we going to have for for dinner on a day that we don't have yeshiva on the chassid day or how am i going to do my laundry when am i going to do my laundry how am i going to make it to them this person for shabbos these are like small questions small issues small worries in comparison with the major life questions we ask later on like which school are we going to go to and which schools we're going to send to how we're going to raise the kids where do we want to go for this and that i often say that every day we make hundreds of decisions and there's so much involved in how you're going to make a parnasa how you're going to support a house how you're going to buy a house you can have a car and buy a car so many major major questions but it really starts with that spiritual bliss if you're zochem 
to be in that stage, really grab onto it, really soak it in and really appreciate it because you don't appreciate what you have until it's gone. Many years later, you look back and you think about the spiritual enmeshment that you have in yeshiva and you're like, man, I didn't appreciate that year or those two years. Man, I could have done more with those two years. How much time was wasted during those two years with Baruch Hashem? Those two years were good and I accomplished and I was able to work with a kid on Chassid Tuesdays. I was able to, to do food packing on Thursdays. That was actually one of my favorite times of the whole week. Once we got to Tuesday and I know those two things were coming, I really felt like energized for the week. And then Thursday after the food mission always led into afternoon Seder and then we had the Mishmar, the Musser, and then we had Mishmar and that was such a beautiful, beautiful time of the week. And then Friday was the preparation for Shabbos Day. Oftentimes I would go away for the Shabbos. I'd like to take a friend with me and we met. I also love that time of the week. And then once Shabbos ended and the week began again, it was a little sad, but it was also exciting because I knew that another time to meet the friend and another time to work. And I look back, you know, wistfully and missing it on some levels. Obviously, I would never take back any time with my wife and kids. That's a beautiful, beautiful part of life. But it's wistful to look back and think about what was accomplished in that spiritual enmeshment. Spiritual enmeshment. And think about what we did in college. I was in YU, you know, in yeshiva. And with the extracurriculars, running the, the chesed club and running things for yachan and whatnot. Beautiful, beautiful times. And that's what we're taught here. Sometimes we need the spiritual preparation to continue to the material. And how I propose to think about it in the current war with the cowards, the barbarians, the Amalekites, the, the Hamas people who surprised us and attacked us when we were dancing and singing and rejoicing, literally attacking the weak, literally the Form of Amalek Zachor Zasher Asal Ha Amalek Baderach Shekarcha Baderach Veta Ayef Viagea. We literally were unmanned and we weren't expecting it. We were just davening and dancing. And literally, Amalek it thinks about the idea how we need to have the ability to think about how what we can do in this life. We need to think about what we can do that we have to prepare. And with the physical fight comes the spiritual fight. And it's so important. We talk about being spiritual warriors during this war here in November 2023. We should be to eradicate Amalek in all forms, in all existence. All the pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian people, pro-wanting to get rid of the Jews should all be eradicated. Hashem take take care of all of them, eradicate evil everywhere, Amalek should be destroyed everywhere and every way, all our enemies should be destroyed, and Mashiach should come today. But we have to think about that spiritual comes with the material. Spiritual oftentimes comes before the material. We have to make sure that we're davening for the chayalim. We have them in mind for tehillim. We donate financially to them, but we give to them physically what they can use spiritually, giving them tehillim and giving them tefillin and giving them tzitzis and giving them kippot and giving them sedurim, giving them gemaros, giving them beautiful things and challah and food and all these other things are great, but pairing up with the soldiers just when chesed are taking on a name and taking on these different things, what we could do for them, because the spiritual and the physical oftentimes come together, but really spiritual comes first. It's hard for you to cut back on X, Y, or Z. It's hard for you to, to do more spiritually. It might be hard for you, but it's so much harder for them to literally put their physical lives on the line to take care of the evil around Israel, evil in Gaza, evil around in the Lebanon and the north and all around the world, all these evil people standing up for really terrible things, standing up for people who want to get rid of us, who want to, who want to take us out. Not even related to... to Jewish, they call it anti-Zionism, but really it's anti-Semitism. They all run and get rid of us, whether they call us Marxists or capitalists or socialists or Zionists. It's always fundamentally the same. They want to get rid of all of us, whether we're religious or not, secular or not. 
They just don't like that we have moral consciousness of the world. They can't stand what we stand for, the bringing light and spirituality and goodness and morality to the world. The IDF is one of the most moral, if not most moral, army in the entire world. What they do when they're fighting their enemies is is mind-boggling. It's amazing. What the Jewish world does for the world and what the Jewish people and Israel does for the world, it's amazing. But remember that spiritual comes first. Yitzchak teaches us when he goes to Gan Eden first for three years, that's how you prepare for the material life. With the spiritual comes first. Spiritual comes first. Spiritual first. We have to keep in mind the spiritual before we come upon the material. We think about the spiritual first before we come to the physical. And hopefully, if we do what we can, to bring the spiritual to the world, to bring spiritual light to the material aspects of the world, and bring spirituality to our brothers and sisters across the world, lighting the candles, selling, sending the tefillin, sending the tzitziot, sending the kippot, sending what we can to let them learn and let them grow and let them connect, to keep Shabbos and to keep and candles to do good things. Hopefully we could finally be Zelchat to see the real spiritual light come with the building of the third Basimish and the coming of Mashiach Sidkenu with Eliyahu announcing him may that be today with that beautiful grand show for him. We be Zelchat that all evil is eradicated. Only peace and goodness remains and only wonderfulness remains for us for our brothers and sisters in Israel and beyond and that we should be Zelchat to the Geula Shlema to come speedily in our days. And may that in fact be Today, this has been Tani Talks Parsha, where we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. And I'm your host, Tani.